Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Zing This. You've got me, Zinger. And I'm Ellie. And we've got some... Uh, news is going to be heavy with Star Wars stuff today. Which, by the way, don't forget to check out our most recent episode of our Star Wars celebration with Phil Rude. Yeah, yeah. Where we do Empire. A lot of fun. Definitely check that out. But aside from self, self-promotions... Um, <laughs> So they released a trailer for Battlefront, which that game continues to look awesome, and it showed a lot more of the space battles, which I thought was very cool, and it went through kind of, you know, different people from each of the eras fighting, right. including Yoda in a starship. That, that was pretty cool. So I'm excited to see more of that, and I, I just... I, I'm, I'm, cool I'm just, it was. We're still in our Yoda speak. We didn't do much Yoda speak I on... I um, Guess we gotta... Guess, we guess gotta, we gotta step s- it up. I guess for return, we gotta do that. And and by the way, I'm just gonna say this now. For anyone who is a Lando Calrissian lover, <laughs> David more Ginsburg, to come. David Ginsburg, you, you know that's you. We will talk about him more, I promise, when we get to Return of the Jedi. And I've explained to you why. I've explained to you. So, aha! But, Huzzah! Yes, that. Um... <laughs> But we also got some other stuff with Star Wars. Um, I don't think we've discussed this yet. Um, okay. The Accor's big toy day is coming up on, I believe it's September 1st, when they're going to be releasing a lot of the Star Wars Last Jedi toys, which apparently oh. Mark Hamill has come out and said, hey, if you don't want the movie spoiled, you might want to not look at the toys. Oh. And I'm like, that's kind of ominous. Interesting. But Ellie, on a scale of... One to a hundred. How many porg stuffed animals are you going to be buying? That's going to be one hundred and fifty. Awesome. I'm I'm going to be right there with you. Then. They are super cute. Do you think they're going to be annoying though in the new movie? Do you think they're just going to be? I I think they're going to be set dressing. I think they're just going to become something that you just kind of see wandering around in scenes and, and kind of reference acting because of how cute they are. This is coming from somebody who will reveal a very interesting thing, I'm sure, when we talk about Return of the Jedi. <laughs> oh, no. But, but we, we've got more stuff. Okay. To talk about with Star Wars. We're, we're not done with it yet. Okay. Well, I would hope so. You said it was a lot, so. Well, I think this is actually the last thing. Hmm. So it was kind of an it amount. Good, it was a good bit. It was a good bit of Star Wars related news. I wouldn't categorize it as a lot. I categorize it as some. Okay, there we go. There you go. We're switching it to some people. Mm. It's been down. The, the, the level <laughs> of Star Wars content in this episode been has been has been downgraded to some. Yeah, sorry. So, with it being downgraded to some, mm-hmm. what do you think of an Obi-Wan Kenobi solo movie? Um, I would be excited about it. Now, here's a funny behind-the-scenes thing, and you can quote me on this, because I've, I've made wild, wild accusations before, and okay. you've had to verify them. Yes. Was I not the day before this, this talking to you about, like, that they should do, that they definitely should do an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, because we were having a discussion about something else, which I will not mention. Okay. Possible spoilers for a future episode, but... We were discussing it, and I said, I'm like, I think they should have done an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, and I, we were discussing that, and the next day, they kind of heavily were like, yeah, that's probably going to be what we're doing next, so. Well, um, I guess my question is, yes, you did talk about that. Yeah. Um, but my next question is, where do we stop? 
I, I mean, if we have an Obi-Wan and we're going to have a Boba Fett and a Han Solo and a, I mean, is this going to be Jabba where the ev- Hutt. every single major character is going to have their own solo movie? Is that where we're going towards? I don't know. I, I think ones that need to be told, like Obi-Wan, I feel would be an interesting one. I mm-hmm. think um, Hugh McGregor's at the perfect age to yeah. play a kind of in between where we saw him at return i mean sorry revenge of the sith and then where we see him at new hope so he's right in that sweet spot of i think he would do it they they could you know age him up or down as needed right and i think that he would do a great job and that's the kind of the other thing is do you think this thing should be told closer to the events of new hope or do you think it should be closer to the events of revenge of the sith i don't know I'm undecided. I mean... Because some of the comics have covered... Yeah. ...events leading up to New Hope. And the right. TV shows, too. Yeah, I don't know on that one. Can, can I say something? Now? Can, can I make a bold statement that I, I want to make real quick? Of course. No young Luke. Oh. I don't want... I, I'd, I'd like to see him maybe off in the distance. I do not want them interacting. Okay. Because that would once again cause a continuity error because... If I'm correct, in New Hope, he mentions that they knows who Ben Kenobi is, but he's never said he's met him. Right. So I just I don't know. It would just it would just be weird for them to actually meet before they meet, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yes, it does. So. Yeah. Like I said, it would just be one of those things that if they did that, I just feel like. Uh, Fan pandering. It 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 be just it, it it would be them stepping back towards the prequels. Right. Which I mean that's a it's a can of worms in its own self but yeah so so that's our star that's our some star wars news they're happy yes um one final thing before we get into stuff this is something interesting so you're a big fan of disney movies i am what is the relationship between mufasa and scar (laughs) well i mean i always thought they were brothers yes but apparently somebody's come out to say somebody who I, i wish i could I wish I checked who who said it, but mm-hmm. with the live action movie coming out, they are working on. Apparently, it's been kind of revealed that they're brothers in the sense of they came from the same pride, like this the same like kind of general, I guess, grouping of lions. Mm-hmm. Even though if they were from the same group, they technically have the same father because of how that work. The, the, the same pride alliance, so they're brothers in the sense of that. Allegedly. Like I said, who knows? That might just brothers be... Brothers from another mother? Well, that just might be like the same thing of, you know, that they've kind of hinted that the the uh, parents and Tarzan, and Tarzan himself is actually related to Elsa and and Anna from Frozen, is that they've, they've alluded to that's factually, that they're actually, that they're all three from the same parents. Interesting. It is. I mean, the the Disney movie links to themselves is really it's it's cool and it's once again I think it's more. Sometimes it's as we've discussed before in our one of our past episodes. I think it's more of Easter egging than actual continuity. But that's 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 the thing. If you have somebody who's worked on the movie or worked on the script or had something to do with it, say something. I mean, do we take that as okay? Well, that's law now. Right. It's just an interesting thing. Who knows? It might it might play into the new live-action movie at some point. Hmm. So maybe that's why they kind of wanted to point out, oh, by the way. But who knows? But there is some stuff we do know. A lot of stuff we know about Elder Scrolls. And we're going to get into that 
with a very special guest right after this quick break. This is... Zing This. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Zing This. You've got me, Zinger. And I'm Ellie. And we would like to welcome the mad scientist himself, Christopher F. Cogswell. Woo! How's it going? How's it going, team? Zing This. Love your show. Very excited to be here. Awesome, Yay. awesome. So so we are bringing you on, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll just give people, I'll just give you a moment so that the people listening to our podcast can know where you came from. If you want to just do a quick explanation, real quick, so people know your, um, credentials yeah. yeah absolutely my credentials Ooh, that sounds so fancy i know so i am um, so yeah my name is chris cogswell i am the host of the mad scientist podcast um which uh, we're part of dark myths so it's pretty uh, pretty cool we are a show on um we're a show on the science and the history of paranormal and pseudoscientific claims so you kind of think like you know how did chemistry come out from alchemy how did um, the idea of chemtrails continue to the modern day. Is that an old idea? Is it a new idea? And so we we try to do that based on um, not only my background in research chemistry and research engineering. Um, I did a PhD on the use of nanomaterials uh, for adsorption of like pollutants and stuff. But we also try to look at it from the side of philosophy, which is um, you know a, a subject I've always loved. Um, I actually have a second degree in philosophy from undergrad, and we try to like. You know, we try to take really complicated things, really complicated ideas, make them simple so people can understand them, and then try to have fun with them, you know? So um, we don't take ourselves too seriously on our show. We try to be funny. We try to have a good time. And, you know, if you're into science or weird stuff, I hope you give us a listen. So, yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of my spiel, man. That's how it goes with me. <laughs> awesome. Well, we want to thank you for being on here. And you kind of also brought this idea to us. Um no, I was talking to you a little bit ago, and you were like, hey, if you guys ever you know, want to talk about Elder Scrolls, let me know. And I dropped the idea to Ellie, who I, I don't even think I finished the sentence before. She's <laughs> like, so when are we doing this? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's so the Elder Scrolls are one of, I mean, the Elder Scrolls is like my childhood. You know, really, like I, I mean, first off, I love your guys' show. So when I was listening to it, um, you know, I was like, well, if they ever do anything on Elder Scrolls video games, I would love to be on. So I sent you a message and yeah, man, I'm super excited. This is happening too. I mean, I always, I always think like, you know, when I'm in the depths of research for, you know, whatever the, the episodes that we do now, um, we try to incorporate kind of video game lore too. Like, so we did an episode on radioactivity and, um, what a nuclear fallout would actually be like because of the fallout video game series. Right. I'm actually and, wearing a Fallout t-shirt right now, so that honestly nice. makes it really funny. And there's Wonderful. a Vault Boy on our computer desk. So nice. many references. <laughs> we got, you know what? It's funny. I actually have, I have like a room, in the room that I record in, we have a bookcase where I have like a bunch of weird random stuff, like old Halloween decorations and things that I collect. And I actually have a whole bunch of the like, um, the special chart or like the, you oh, know, like the yeah. special chart characters. I have a whole bunch of those. So I have like the... The, uh, the mysterious stranger and the one for gung oh uh, like the perks and, yeah yeah exactly the the perk list yes so yeah I mean you know and Bethesda so for those that don't know the Elder Scrolls and Fallout are both by Bethesda Softworks 
Um, they've been making like phenomenal video games for for since they started. Really, yeah. they made Wolfenstein too. They made um, Dishonored. And you know they actually bought Fallout from um, from another company. Now Zenimax helps them make games in those series at the same time. But it's really like that's if there's one game series I'd say I'm probably the biggest nerd about. It's the Elder Scrolls. You know, so yeah, I'm 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 really excited to be talking about this series with you guys. Awesome. Well, well, the thing that we wanted to do, and this is this this is why Ellie jumped on this so quickly, is we've wanted mm-hmm. to kind of start doing stuff to where we're going to be discussing like the lore of worlds of video games and you know kind of discussing it you know going beyond having a control in your hand to you know exploring the world that they created for the games sure. and for you know plenty of other stuff i mean we we've got so many other things we can cover with this so just, games are just the start and i'm sure you know stuff like metal gear possibly fallout could definitely make an appearance uh super mario who knows where this could go but yeah but um we, we enlisted your help to also come up with a name for this. And you, in true super nerdy fashion, have, have, have drummed up from the, from the depths of Tolkien an yes. amazing term that it will go down as this is what we are calling this. And it yes. is. It, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you, you use the thunder with this one. All right. All right. So, dear listeners, when Tolkien developed his world... Um, what he described it as, and what it's now become known as, is the legendarium of Tolkien. And so a legendarium has come to represent kind of an all-encompassing fictional world that has its own customs and its own languages and things. And so, yeah, the Zangnis Legendarium, it's a great name, and it's going to be a great <laughs> series. I'm super excited. Yay! Yeah, like, if you, I mean, I have so many of these that I can jump onto, because this is, like, my favorite part of... It's one of the best parts about having a rich, diverse, fictional world. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels... I mean, like... I mean, if you guys ever do an episode on Harry Potter, I'm all about that. <laughs> right? Oh, I like, think... I parked really quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, like, yes. Harry Potter has so many cool things. Like, how do they pick the wands? How... You know what I mean? Oh, oh, oh it's so good. There's so much richness there. <laughs> all of this stuff is really... I mean, I, I just love the idea of there being... I love this idea. I think you guys are going to, I think it's going to be a great, big, big, great run that you guys are doing. And I'm super stoked to hear it. Yay. Awesome. But yeah. we have, we, we have chosen Elder Scrolls to do first. Yes. And, um, I guess before we get started, I guess we're going to kind of go into a quick argument that was several episodes for, for, for the true believers or the true fans who've listened to every episode. If you remember <laughs> back, there was a discussion Yes. on warrior versus mage yes between me versus ellie because whenever i play a game i end up playing a warrior and whenever ellie plays a game i love mage so chris by all all means this is hilarious i always play a rogue yay (laughs) man we need to get online and play some elder scrolls online we're a full D &D party we're killing it right now we're doing awesome. great. Yeah, I always play as I think in the original in the in Morrowind, which is my favorite Elder Scrolls game, they would call them uh, Nightblades or Witch Hunters. Those are the characters I always played as. They're like, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of a mix between magic and thief kind of character. So like sneak, you know, being able to pick locks, being able to create potions and shoot arrows and all that stuff. So yeah, we make a pretty solid team. It sounds like so far. <laughs> All we need is a healer. Although I don't know, I don't know, Ellie. Are you a black mage or a white mage? Oh, I like the dark. I like the black. Okay, 
So yeah, so we so we need we need a healer. That's all we need left <laughs> is a healer. All right. Well, let's 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 get this started off by talking about some Elder Scrolls and let's see if my role was successful. We can talk about it. Yes. yes. Sorry, you mentioned D and D, and I had a dice near me, so I had to do it. Let's just keep it going. <laughs> wait, wait. Roll for initiative. Who goes first? <laughs> we need to know. We need to know what's going on. Okay. Uh, I rolled a one. <laughs> I don't know what that oh, means. No. Saving throw. Saving throw. Oh, I don't know. But no. Um. So we've got several, several games here to discuss the just world that they created of Tamriel. Tam- Tamriel? Yeah. Tamriel, yes. Which has nine providences. Yes, and you the games have... Have, have they gotten to all of them yet or not in the games? No, so, um, so no, they haven't. And actually, um, Tamriel is a continent on, um, on Nern, which is the... The planet itself is called Nern. So yep. Tamriel is um, Tamriel is the main continent that the games take place on, and it has um, these these provinces, right? So you have um, you have High Rock, Hammerfell, Skyrim, Cyrodiil, Morrowind, Blackmarsh, Elsewhere, Valenwood, and then the Somerset Isle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So far, the main games, which are the ones that are kind of one player, have gone to um, High Rock and Hammerfell. Um, they've been to Cyrodiil in Oblivion. They've been to Morrowind in Morrowind, um, and specifically Vardenfell, which is like a continent or a, an island off of Morrowind, and then Skyrim, which is the most recent game. Some of the older games did go to like all of the provinces, but that's back when it was like eight-bit DOS kind of. <laughs> gaming, you know what I mean? So like, okay, oh, I'm in Elsewhere. I'm in Valenwood. It's whatever. It's gr- it's beige instead of green. You know what I mean? Right. So it doesn't really it doesn't really feel that. Um, and even in those older games, they actually they actually didn't go all that far. So it's it's an interesting thing, I guess. And then in the in the newest game, which is the Elder Scrolls Online, they do go to each of the provinces, but again, it's kind of limited to certain areas within them. So one big hope of Elder Scrolls fans is they will eventually make a game that has every single you know every single place inside of it in one in one game yeah that would be massive yeah it would be crazy so it'd be amazing but it would definitely be it would definitely be a, a large game all right so I'm, I'm gonna admit this now i've played collectively probably over oblivion skyrim and the little bit i did do online probably i would say close to 300 plus hours and i will admit this I'm not super familiar with a lot of the lore, so I'm going to try to be the guide for our listeners into asking you guys stuff, to be honest. <laughs> I, and I mean, it's, it's, cause, I mean, I guess I'll play, I guess I'll play my, my stereotype as a warrior to where my mission is to, I don't, what, what's this book here? It won't give me anything. I'll go fight that guy. No laughs on that one from anybody? All right. <laughs> you can't ask for laughs. That's just terrible. I have to. Yeah, the jokes are that bad. Oh, see, you're you're keeping true to your bro um, mentality when yes. I play games. <laughs> Smash Hulk. Arr. That's that's what you're doing right now. So I guess um, why don't we start with Skyrim since that's most recent? Mm-hmm. I, 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 have, I have a very interesting question. I know that there's a ton of lore around the dragons. And this is kind of going to be my, 
my, I guess, staple of asking, you know, where does the lore come for a lot of these, you know, creatures and stuff within the world? So, where's the lore of the dragons come from? Because I know that it's very interwoven with the storyline and with a yeah. lot of the stuff in Skyrim in yeah. particular. So, um, Ellie, do you want to take this one or am I, am I going? No, go ahead. All you right. are the so, guest. Oh, it's true. Okay, so thank you. <laughs> so, so first off, um, so okay, the Elder Scrolls games have always kind of been self-referential and kind of funny. So there's always been really funny Easter eggs in all the games. So one big joke that's always been in the game since since I mean since forever basically is that they never they never had dragons in them. So the game's history themselves go in the order of Elder Scrolls Arena, then Daggerfall, Morrowind, Oblivion, and then Skyrim. Those are the main games in the series. So in Morrowind, which is the first 3D game in the series, there's a character called Mike the Liar, who's a he's a Khajiit, which means he's like a cat person. Mm-hmm. And Mike says things that are lies, obviously. And so one of the jokes that he says is that Mike had seen a dragon. <laughs> right and so the the fact that dragons haven't been in these games is kind of a long-running joke and so for them to finally be in skyrim it was like a huge deal right yeah in the in the lore of the game itself what so in the lore of the game there are nine divines and then there are daedra and adra mm-hmm. the nine divines are kind of like what we could consider to be like Roman Catholic priests or not priests, Roman Catholic saints, I suppose. But they're also kind of the embodiment of um, these older gods, which are the Adra or the Atada. And so these older gods, one of them is called um, one of the nine divines and one of the original gods is known as Akatosh is what he's known as in the Imperial lexicon. So Akatosh is a dragon and Akatosh is the God of time. And Akatosh is also the god who made Earth, basically, or made the Imperial Empire um, what it is. Akatosh is the one who, who blesses the, the kings, who um, blesses the royal family, and is the god by which the empire exists and by which it has its holy mandate over the land. So what occurred in Oblivion, which is the game right before Skyrim, was that the last king of the empire actually turned into a uh not a version of of akatosh but almost like a a proxy of akatosh and defeated dagoth ur who is a uh, head demon or a head daedra in this lore and so after that point what occurs is the dragons the dragon blood is now no longer running the empire and so dragons themselves can come back to basically try to to end the world so it's a little bit convoluted as any good legendarium is yeah love that (laughs) um but i guess i guess another important point to bring up is the elder scrolls series focuses a lot on what are known as dragon breaks or these times where so time in the elder scrolls series is kind of sort of circular and weird so, like, at the end of Daggerfall... I yeah, think, Daggerfall was one that caused the yeah, dragon break. There's, um, there's like, four different endings that can happen. Mm-hmm. And so, in the lore of the game, every one of those endings is true. Even though they're different endings. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, yeah. And the, yeah. And so, the way, that they get, the way that they get around it is it's, like, everyone remembers it differently based on what kind... You know, it, there's a lot of, like... 
it's there's a lot of like main game lore and then lore that goes on on online forums like you know the uh <laughs> UASP uh wiki you know thing in the imperial library and whatever which are these websites that you can go on and just spend hours and hours reading, reading about it. the lore yep. of these games um but so what what occurred originally in like the Mariethic era or the the Mariethic era which is kind of like the era after the gods came and left yeah the, before... the yeah the first one was the dawn era yeah so before so the dawn era is when the gods came down and created the world the Mariethic era is when um, God, um, humans and elves and gods were kind of all fighting together. Mm-hmm. During this era, the dragons existed and were a ruling class, basically. They had the power of the shout, which is a special kind of magic. Um, they had, you know, they, they, they lived um, for very, very long periods of time. They were just like another kind of intelligent race of beings that lived on this planet. And what occurred was one dragon decided that he was going to um end the world he was going to destroy the world and so these norse or not norse nord heroes um sealed his soul away until akatosh's um proxy was let loose and the dragon bloods or so the empire um fell and so skyrim is kind of a one way that people have tried to predict what the next games will be is they look at uh, prophecies that have been made in previous games. Skyrim is a is a Skyrim is like a, a kept promise from these you know these older prophecies, just as Oblivion was, and just as you know Morrowind kind of started this like heavy lore, really. But yeah, so they're all it's all connected, and it all comes back to this original thing. But dragons are very important symbolically in this world, I would say. Oh yeah. Well, and and going back to the eras, um, a lot of the games that you mentioned earlier, Arena, Daggerfall, Morrowind, Oblivion, they all come from the third era. Yes. Um, Yeah, and then, of course, the fourth era, that's from Skyrim. Yeah, so it's it's kind of an interesting question now, like, where the games go. Right. Because the killing of Akatosh, or the, the opening of the Oblivion Gates, and then the destruction of... Alduin, who is the world eater, that dragon that wants to destroy the world. Spoiler right. alert. That's sorry. Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert. You beat Alduin. Um, that's kind of like the end of, like the empire's gone now. So what, what's gonna happen, right? Like the gods are no longer part of the empire in the sense that the dra- you know, Akatosh is no longer blessing the empire. So what's gonna happen next? What, what occurs? And that kind of, I personally think, or I hope at least. That what they're planning on doing is the next in the next game, um, you will help to build the empire back, and so you're gonna have to go mm. to all the provinces and whatever. I think that'd be really cool. That, but again, there you go. That's your that's your end for making them have to include all of the provinces. Exactly. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see what the Khajiit live like. Okay. I want to go to elsewhere. Oh. I, I'm sick of these like. So Morrowind is again. Morrowind was that first 3D game. Morrowind occurred on the continent of the Dark Elves or the Dunmer. Yes. And it was like it was a it was such a strange land. They have weird customs. They have these great houses where you know, they're always fighting for dominance and then you have these these tr- these Ashlander tribes who live out in the wilderness and have their own magic and their own ways and things. 
Morrowind felt so alien but so rich, it was really easy to get sucked into that world. Whereas Oblivion, it's a good world, but you're, you know, it's kind of just like it's it's the Mediterranean basically. Mm-hmm. And then Skyrim, it's like, you know, the um, Nordic countries. So so the difference in the difference in the way that these these characters live compared to like us say is not all that different. It's kind of like you know they could have made. I don't know. They're, they could have made any game based on any, um, based on any mythical world with Norse heroes, and it could have come up with Skyrim. You know, so right. I'm kind of hoping the. I don't think actually, Ellie. Do you want to describe the races of Skyrim? Yeah, well, I, I'd love I, to. I actually wanted to ask that, yeah. but I had something else that kind of crossed my mind. I know that oh, we're ahead. trying not to discuss the games as games to an extent with this or try to get outside of the realm of this but since we've mentioned fallout and there's a mention of possibly having to rebuild i wonder if them adding the settlement mechanic to fallout 4 was a practice run yeah i'm wondering yeah Yeah, i want you know it's funny during um yeah it's interesting one of the and actually in fallout i think fallout 4 you actually find a plant, or or it's described. There's a, a plant that's described that is supposed to be only in um, Oblivion and uh, Skyrim. Hmm. It's called it's <laughs> called Nernroot, and it's this plant that glows and it gives off a weird sound. You know, it, it makes like a a weird ringing sound when you get close to it, and it's supposed to be like you know, it's not very good until you become a master alchemist, and then there's a specific mission you can go on to make it really useful. But in a Fallout 4, I guess you can find like a diary entry or something where someone discusses finding a glowing plant. And that had people freaking out that <laughs> Fallout was actually part of the Elder Scrolls universe. You know, people Can't were like, nods no! to anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, as if, I mean, it's probably just an Easter egg, right. but it's interesting still, nonetheless. So, yeah, I, I did want to ask about the race races things. We've described several of them in these discussions, and if someone's not played or isn't familiar with possibly some of them, I think that would be cool to kind of get the, you know, backstory on some of these. Well, um... Or, or, or what they are, too. Y- yeah. Um, well, first, you've got... We'll just go ahead and... Um, if uh, the Ar- uh, Argonian race is the reptilian... Mm-hmm. Um, I never played as them that much. I've never created. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a really bad habit of, um, I like elves a lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> I stick to them a lot. I, I have made a Khajiit before. Um, but the Arganian, Ar- excuse me, Arganian race um, comes from the Black Marsh. That's usually where they, you know, where they came from. Um, so they don't come from Alfred Draconis? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Any uh, anybody worth their me- worth uh, their salt in UFO lore will laugh yeah. at that. that Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. If if uh, listen if the if the reptile people theory wasn't so uh, hurtful to my brain, I would have laughed more probably. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh man, sorry. I, I had good to do times. it. Good times. Good times. We're, we're doing uh, and then from um, uh, mainly from Somerset Isles, you have Altmar, which are the high elves, which I've. Yeah, a little bit of those, but not yeah, not I'll, too much. I'll, I'll give you and our guest and our audience a wild guess at what I play as. Once we get to it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I have a guess. 
I have a guess. You're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, as we mentioned earlier, um, from Morrowind, the Dunmar, uh, the Dark Elves. Mm-hmm. I have played a lot with them. Love them. Let's go Dunmar, my preferred character <laughs> type. <laughs> Woo-woo. Um, and then I also like... Um, you elfish the, rogue. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the the wood elves, which are yep. the Bosmer from Valenwood. So I, I have used those a lot too. Yeah. Um, and then we have mentioned the Nords earlier. Um, they were, they've been referred to as the Sons of Snow. They do have a natural resistance to the frost. Yep. So those are kind of cool too. Um, then from High Rock, you have the Bretons. Mm-hmm. Um, they're human descendants who came from High Rock. So um, Hammerfell, you have Red Guard. Um, humans that um, that hail from the lost continent of Yokud. I always say this wrong. Yokudu, Yokudu, Yokuda, 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 Yokuda. And then of course. The um, Khajiit, which we mentioned them earlier. They're very similar to cats. Um, I'm thinking, did I miss anybody? And you missed Imperials. Oh, oh yes, yeah. I did. Imperials. Yes. So which one, so, Justin? Hold on, I'm gonna, oh, okay. I'm going to guess Imperial. You play as an Imperial or a Nord? <laughs> Hallie, you got to guess? <sighs> See, it's, it's from a, a couple of them, I'm thinking. Um, ah, da, 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 da. I'm thinking Nords too. Yeah. <laughs> if if, if, okay, hey, so if like... the biggest weapons you can possibly carry, yes. and can't and can't they they dual wield two handed weapons? Isn't there? Now they can. Now they, yeah. yeah, they have yeah. been able to since uh, since Skyrim, I guess. I, th- I can't remember if that was available in Oblivion or not. I don't think it was. I'm I'm pretty sure. I, I'm almost positive I've done it in Skyrim. So Skyrim. yeah. Um, so once actually, again, all attack. <laughs> yeah. What's actually really interesting is there are actually loads of races, too, that aren't playable in the main games. That Oh, and Orc. You didn't mention Orc either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, so for so just to give you a sense of, like, the history, I guess, of this, of this, the peoples or whatever. Um, so the High Elves are the, originally you had men and you had elves or mer as they call themselves and then you also had the beast races which are the khajiit and the argonians the argonians claim that they are descendants of sentient trees known as the hist yes and so in black marsh there are argonians that appear to be more like snakes there are argonians that appear to be more like lizards or like the kind of lizard people that we see in um in Skyrim or in Oblivion. And supposedly the Argonians that we see in the main games are the ones that are the most passable for, um, you know, like humanoid encounters. So supposedly there are Argonians that maybe even are closer to tree-like. They're, they're closer to the hist. And so, um, and the Argonians have a very unfortunate history of being, um, historically they have been treated as slaves, as slave races to the Dunmer or the Dark Elves. Because uh, Morrowind sits right above Black Marsh, and so there's like a really long history and a lot of bad blood between those two races. And actually, in Skyrim, what happens is, or right before Skyrim, a giant volcano on Morrowind, on on Vardenfell, that continent of, of Marner, that smaller island of Morrowind, explodes, and the Argonians rush in and take over. 
all of Morrowind. <laughs> so <laughs> the Argonians have finally gotten some sweet justice. Um, the Khajiit are another beast race. They claim to have descended directly from the gods. Um, but again, the Khajiit, there are like there are t- you know dozens of different types of Khajiit. There are Khajiit that are more the size of house cats who walk on all fours. There are Khajiit that look like tigers as opposed to like you know like leopards or pumas or whatever. Like there's all kinds of smaller classes or types of these uh, races within themselves. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which which is really interesting. And then on top of that too, so. Those are, so we're talking about the races on Tamriel as well. So mm-hmm. the be- the beast races are kind of like changing and forming with magic over time, whatever, on their own kind of thing. The original elves all looked like the Altmer. The Altmer then were basically, and the kind of very similar to Tolkien, the high elves were sent to Earth or kicked out of paradise and sent here and their whole history has been trying to get back to where the gods are to get back there. And that's kind of what the Skyrim, there's a whole civil war that goes on where they're trying to change the religion to make themselves seem to be like the supreme uh, race of, of elves. So, um, so the Altmer originally existed, these high elves, they then split. So, um, Azura, the God, um, and Boethia tricked the Dunmer, and they became dark-skinned, and then Azura changed their eyes red to remind them of their um, their mistake. Interesting. So that's how the, that's how the Dark Elves formed. <laughs> um, the Bosmer, or the Wood Elves, supposedly are descendants of the High Elves, but the High Elves claim that the Bosmer are actually descendants of a Beast Folk clan. So they might be like a mix between the Khajiit and the High Elves or something, but it's not super clear where they come from. Um, they again claim to kind of come from like, almost like a tree sort of thing again, kind of similar to the Argonians. And then um, the human races, or the original human races were the Nords. They, or they were the closest to the original human races, the um, Altmora humans. They came over to Tamriel sometime in the first, um, the first Sent not century, but the first. Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Age. The first era. The first era. era. Yeah. yeah. They Sorry, came sometime... too much talking. No, no, it's all good. <laughs> they came sometimes then, and then they also split off. And so the um, what's it? The not the so that so the red guards and the Breton the Bretons themselves are supposedly a mix of wild men that lived in the in the uh, hills. And elves. So Bretons have a natural ability to do magic because they have elvish blood inside of them. And then the orcs have a have my favorite backstory. Although I can never play as an orc, I just I can't get over their inabilities with magic. Yeah. The orcs. The orcs were again high elves that followed a god who became the god Malakath. And so Malakath then turned them all into orcs to be his followers forever. So like, so originally he was Trinimac, and then he got bested in combat or something or tricked. Like it's all very complicated and very involved. <laughs> um, but and that's only the continent of Tamriel. Outside of Tamriel, there are what are known as Slodes. The Slodes are like giant slug wizards. 
There are, um, and they like live in a giant perpetual swamp. There are, um, there are humanoids that are more like, uh, more like apes or primates, like kind of, uh, kind of like monkeys. There are a race of, um, what are known as, as, uh, as ocean elves or mer elves or not mer elves, like were elves or something like that. You actually get to play or fight them in, um, the Elder Scrolls online a little bit. And there are also dead races too. There's the dwarves, who were like a race of of elves that um, fought the gods and were demolished for their, well, supposedly demolished for their uh, for their hubris. So there's all oh, kinds of yeah, you do amazing find stuff. Dwarven armor and stuff. Yeah. So the what happened to the dwarves is one of the is one of the major prevailing questions in the Elder Scrolls universe. In Morrowind, you use dwarven technology to defeat a human made into a god. And supposedly, it's that same technology that led to their downfall. <laughs> so, it's it's really involved and complicated, but amazing. It's the best. <laughs> I guess I should point now, we're probably not going to cover everything that these games have yeah. to offer, definitely. Because <laughs> no. we'd just be Impossible. doing... yeah. But no, I mean, it, th- this stuff is really interesting. And like I said, as someone who's played the games a ton, and I've picked up stuff here and there, but I've never like really delved into the history of stuff in it. Yeah. So this is really interesting, for me at least, yeah. to kind of learn about the world I've spent so long in and apparently didn't take in the sights the entire time. Well, so so one of my favorite things about the lore that's kind of like... It's sort of a it's sort of a a mind blow experience sort of is the idea that so you know like when you look up in the sky so the the firmament of of Tamriel or so the firmament means um, a firmament is actually an original idea that was proposed for the flat earth theory to be true so this is a flat earth so Tamriel is something like a flat earth ooh um, <laughs> So when you look up at the firmament, those the moons you're the moon you're seeing is actually the dead body of a god, and all of the planets, um, all of the planets are actually planes of oblivion. And so when you're going to the plane of oblivion, you're actually being transported to another planet. At least that's one viewing of the of the cosmogamy of the Elder Scrolls universe. And the so the planet that you're on, Nern is supposedly built out of the bones of a dead god known as Lorcan. And it's Lorcan's heart that um, you actually destroy in Morrowind with this dwarven this dwarven technology. And so supposedly, the dwarves, why they disappeared was they managed to use these this leftover power of the god Lorcan that exists on Nern to create their own plane of oblivion so, in other words, to create their own planet someplace out there in the firmament, hmm. um, and that's another really crazy thing on in 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 this, these games. In the games, when it's daytime and you see the sun, that's actually not a sun. Again, it's a hole in the flat. That's a hole in the disc kind of thing that goes over the planet. That's a hole, and the light you're seeing is is magis, is the realm of magic that lies beyond the firmament. Wow. <laughs> Mind yeah, like blown. It's, it's, ser- it's seriously like you can, I mean, you can get into it super, 
you can get into it really in insane ways. I mean, there's things I think kind of in the in the more recent games, this is kind of a complaint that a lot of people have for these games is they're kind of and but it, it kind of makes sense almost if you think about it in terms of history. As the years go by, we we even now lose some of our history ourselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We don't know what the what the Aztecs or the Mayans were really doing when they built those temples. We can only kind of guess, right? Yeah, exactly. And so that's that's kind of where they are at when you're in when you're in um, when you're playing Skyrim. You're hundreds of years after the dwarves had existed. You know what I mean? You're 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 very far removed from when the dwarves existed, and so it's really interesting that they have all this extra lore floating around out there, but it's not part of the game world really, unless you really try to look for it, right? I mean, like like I don't know when you play these games, you ever read the books that's actually that are actually in the games? Yes. <laughs> Singer's like, uh... Sometimes... I collect them. Yeah. If it gives me a spell or an ability, I'll read it. (laughs) See, and that's the thing. Those books have all this information in them. You know what I mean? That's where people are getting all this info from. Right. When when you read, like, the Imperial Library, they're getting them from the books, or they're getting them from interviews with people who were involved in developing the lore. And so it's... It's really um, one thing that I wish. So they actually have you meet a. Did you get all the way to beat? Did, did you get all the way to Solstheim when you played? Which I'm um, sorry, I'm so Solstheim. No, no, it's all good. Solstheim is that is that continent to the north. It was like an expansion pack. Oh, <laughs> I need to get right? to the back to playing okay. the expansion. I I beat. I've got to the basically the end of Skyrim and then never did any okay. expansion stuff yet. So. When you get to. to when you get to there, you meet a Telvanni wizard who's like a thousand years old, hmm. and he is famous in he's famous in the um, in Morrowind as well. He was my favorite character in Morrowind. He's my favorite character in Skyrim now. Um, if we had met him in Oblivion, I'm sure he would have been my favorite character in Oblivion <laughs> as well. I see a trend. Yeah. Yeah, but he he is like you know it's. It's really cool to think that there are characters in this universe that have been around for almost all of what's been going on, at least in terms of like the second, maybe from the second era to the third era to the fourth era, you know? Right. So it it adds a cool layer, and I do wish that they, I hope that in the future we'll see more of that extra lore or that deeper lore tucked into the game. But, I mean, it's, it's a hard sell. Like, you know, how do you tell, I don't know, how do you sell a game about a flat earth to like, (laughs) <laughs> you know like the majority of people i guess but and i mean that's anyways. even if it is too i mean it's could be yeah. one of those things yeah, to it where it could I'm... be like that it could be something else there's a lot of wiggle room with this lore stuff I, yeah just, just for developing that game it would just be funny to be like someone develop like it's like oh i'm making this temple doing this and they're like well, what's the story behind that i don't know we're not gonna we're not gonna cover that whatever make See, make up that... make up some story and that's the thing in in these games, it, it doesn't feel like anything like that is happening where they just add things for no reason. That's what makes a... That's, what that's I think, the difference between a really connected universe from the beginning and one that you're just adding things on to the to after the fact. Yeah. You know what I mean? It. I'm, I'm trying to think of... I think that's kind of where... I mean, we're not talking about the X-Files this episode, but that's kind of like the <laughs> X-Files trap, right? You write these cool things in the beginning 
thinking you're not going to get more than one or two seasons. And then all of a sudden you have 11 seasons <laughs> and you're like, Oh my God, we have to explain that smoking man. <laughs> we have to explain the aliens, right? We have to, we have to make this all fit. And if you're not planning it at first, it might not fit. But in the elder scrolls universe, it all fits. I mean, the dragon break is one example where it doesn't fit and that's right. like jarring. But now they've kind of turned that into their own kind of, like, breaking the fourth wall head nod. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's that's actually... I feel like this whole episode I've just been blathering about my favorite video game. Which is true, <laughs> Which is that's, that, that's That's what this is, and that's what we do constantly. Yeah, like it's I fine. <laughs> I, guess that's kind, I guess this is kind of the place to do that. But, um, but one really cool concept in these games as well is the idea that your main character is special... In the sense that the main character knows that, not that this is a video game, but that this world is like a simulation almost, or a, they call it the eye within the wheel, is what is what it's referred to online. Hmm. And so the idea is that you see that, like, so a lot of people when they play these games, their headcanon, their own kind of personal legendarium i guess is that is that their character is able to do things like replicate potions or carry a billion pounds of stuff or do everything in the world because their character is a representation of that god lorcan right interesting the Mm -hmm. idea they're called shezarines or shirazarines something like that i can never get the wording right but it's a lot of it's a lot of shs and a lot of z's (laughs) The idea is that your character is a representation of this god on Earth, just as another god, Tiber Septim, was. And so, in all of these games, when you're acting as the Hand of Fate, you're actually acting as a representation of this god. And so, the reason why you, as a single person, have such effect on this world, and why you can do things that other characters seem not able to do, is because you're you're kind of part of this bigger mythos, this bigger picture, you know? And in some ways, that's kind of like, I don't know, that joke of saying, you know, well, these glitches that are happening in this game, they're a feature, they're not a bug. Right? This, <laughs> the fact that you can... The fact the flying you can horses. Roll, yeah. Exactly, the fact that you can run up a mountain is because you're a god, like, duh. <laughs> you know? Like, the reason you can pickpocket people for infinite arrows is because you're a god. It's not because we programmed this part faulty and didn't test it enough. So, but I think it's a cool, I think it's a cool aspect to the game. And actually, a character who's very famous in, who's very famous in Morrowind, and actually looks like he's part of the Morrowind expansion of, um, of the Elder Scrolls Online, Vivek, is um, he hints at this in some of his sermons that he's he has seen that there's a world outside of that world and so he's also acting as like a player character almost it's really it makes for a very rich and interesting um interesting playthrough when you think of your character like that yeah that is that is different well, I was wondering if we could talk a few minutes about just Elder Scrolls themselves and just yeah. why, why, um, just explain a little bit, you know, how each time you read from them, you lose part of your sight and you eventually could go blind from it. Yeah, so 
So first off, too, I mean, you guys have been super cool to have me on here to talk about the Elder Scrolls. I am by no means an ex, like the expert, the be all end all expert on this stuff. If you wanna, <laughs> if you wanna find cool stuff, I mean, ask. Um, you can go to the Imperial Library, which is a phenomenal website for this info. Like we said, you can go to the Elder Scrolls wiki. Mm -hmm. You can go to um, Elder Scrolls lore, which is one of my favorite um, subreddits. It's amazing. Those people know so much about this game, and it's it's just it's great reading when you're bored at work. It's or, phenomenal times. <laughs> or you could go pick up a controller. Yes, and then go or, pick up a book and read it from there. That's exactly. right. Or you could read books in game. <laughs> Simulated reading. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Anyways, the so the Elder Scrolls are part of this idea that this is a deterministic world. That this world, or not deterministic per se, but kind of like this idea that it's a it's like a simulation, or it's all been planned out in some ways. The Elder Scrolls, what they do is they kind of give you options. And so, as far as I understand it, they give you options. And so what they say is, this can happen or this will happen. And so each Elder Scroll is possible, but not all of them will actually occur. So it's kind of like in Harry Potter when they have that Hall of Prophecy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, not it's not perfectly set in stone yet. It has to be set in motion by someone important. And that someone important is usually your main character. So the people that, that read these Elder Scrolls are um, the, the moth priests. And so these are priests that they go blind eventually after reading these things. Um, these Elder Scrolls, where the Elder Scrolls come from is something of a, is actually something of a mystery, I believe. I don't think, I don't think anyone really knows for sure where the Elder Scrolls come from. Right. Um, I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to look that up really quick. Hold on one second. It was funny when you were talking about going, why don't you just pick up a controller and just read a book inside the game. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, actually, what you want to do, you, and I'm talking about you. Oh, me personally. Yes, you personally. I was like, what you would rather do is get your controller, go in the game, and then pick up a read uh, a book on tape. A book on taping game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so it would just read it for you. Excuse me, librarian. <laughs> I request a scroll on... <laughs> on on t oh, I don't oh, how can I do Come this? Come on, think of one. Oh, uh, hold on, hold on. I'll, 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 you got I'll, this. I'll get there. I'll, I'll get there in a second. Gotta give me a second. Okay. The, this one was one I could not do, just straight off the top of my head. Um, can I get a singing scroll by chance? Yes, you can, sir. And they give you some like guy who follows you around, just speaking the. See, that would be awesome. <laughs> the thing the entire time, and he has to keep talking even in battle. I mean, I am definitely one that will not complain about when a studio puts um, ridiculous amounts of money and time into voice acting stuff mm -hmm. rather than Which me having to read Which this does text. still have a ton of that. It does. It does yeah. still have a ton yeah. of that. Yeah. So, the Elder Scrolls themselves are, like I said, they're not, they're not really prophecies in the sense that they tell exactly what will happen in the future. What they do instead is they set out a set of possibilities that have to be initiated by a hero. And so where the Elder Scrolls come from, how many there are, are unknown. 
um, you just kind of find them sometimes lying around the world. <laughs> and they're, um, they go by a couple of different names, but they're known as Adric Prophecies. And so the Adra, like I said, are these kind of deities that existed um, that are considered to be the good the good gods as opposed to the Daedra, who are considered to be the bad gods. But in many ways, the prophecies actually can involve the Adra or the Daedra themselves. So it's not clear, again, exactly where these things come from. But um, but anyways, the people, like, like Ellie was saying, that can read these scrolls, or if you do try to read one, you go blind because the, mm-hmm. um, the knowledge is too much for your person to take. And so different, like the Dwemer, the dwarves created uh, pieces of technology that could actually read the Elder Scrolls. Hmm. But they could, the, this technology could scan the scroll and then give the information to uh, a person running that machine. But there are, there are beings called moth priests, or there were beings called moth priests, who can read the scrolls, or who, who train themselves to read the scrolls. But over their lifetimes, they only read you know, 10 to 20 scrolls before they go completely blind and just live in this, at this mountain um, citadel, basically, like this monk um, temple, I suppose. So, um, so yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. So each of those, each of the games is centered around an Elder Scrolls prophecy being fulfilled. So, okay. um, so, you know, I'll talk about the three that I know the best. Um, in Mo- So in Morrowind, the prophecy is that the god Nerevar Moon and Star will come back to Earth as a reincarnated being, and he or she will reunite all the Dunmer tribes and defeat defeat Dagoth Ur um, and the Sixth House, which is this um, like a Dunmer tribe that tried in the past to um, create a, a create a you know, it's create a connection with kind of the demon of the mythos, I suppose you would say. So that's the that's the one that occurred in in Morrowind. Um, in Oblivion, what it is is you are you are basically helping to end the empire, end the blood of the dragon. Um, who is the the you know the emperor himself? You are helping to bring in the age of um, of no of no empire itself, and so what that is is um, a god, a Daedra is trying to tra- trying to take over the world by creating oblivion gates, and so your job is to help close the oblivion gates and send this god back into um, his back into his realm. In the game Skyrim, what it is is you are trying to basically you become the next Dragonborn, Dragonborn. who is someone with dragon blood, <laughs> right? So again, this comes back to this idea of the dragons themselves, and so you're you're becoming this this. Uh, dragonborn kind of near god almost and your job in this game is to defeat alduin and again to make to end this cycle of there's this idea that the world is constantly ending and then being created then ending and then being created and so the death of alduin would be another dragon break 
where now this is now the timeline of this is the real timeline. Alduin will not come back and eat the world again and then spit it back out to create a world all over again. This is the last this is the last cycle. Do you know what I mean? So Ooh. Yeah, so there's a lot there's a lot to it all. <laughs> um there's a lot to it all, but yeah. I, well, and well, I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. And I mean they should have just made these Elder Scrolls in Braille. And then you didn't have to read it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It would have all been great. Yeah. See, I'm just saying. Yeah, so one <laughs> so it's actually it's actually interesting too. One character that comes up a lot in these games as like the the antagonist, I guess, is Mehrun's Dagon. I think I I think I actually before said that that Dagoth Ur was the villain of Oblivion. He's not. It's Mehrun's Dagon. I'm um, in Mankar Cameron, but in all in in Morrowind 2's Dagoth Ur is working for Mehrun's Dagon. In Oblivion, Mankar Cameron is working for Mehrun's Dagon. In Skyrim, it's not clear Mehrun's Dagon isn't really a main character in that game, but Mehrun's Dagon is one of these they're considered to be evil gods. They're like, you know, he would be the equivalent, I guess, of the devil in some kind of way. Okay. So, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. That is interesting. <laughs> so, I didn't think we were going to touch on certain subjects, but okay. I I actually, I, I was saving two things I wanted to, to ask our guest about that I think oh. might have a vague link to stuff he could discuss. I don't think you've really touched on this yet on your show, to the best of my knowledge. I, I never thought we'd be discussing flat or, or flat <laughs> worlds in any way, shape, or form on this, but, I mean, <laughs> it came up. <laughs> yeah, now. It's happened. We're here, yeah. But my two things are, there's two very interesting, I guess, abilities or things you can do to your character in several of the games. You can become a vampire. Mm-hmm. Or you become a werewolf. Yes. Now, I don't think you've covered those yet on your show there, Chris. No. But but I'm like, that, that definitely could be in your wheelhouse. But if you would, wouldn't mind explaining any mythology behind them within those worlds. Yeah, so the mythos... Okay. These comebacks, we haven't really talked about them yet. There are... We keep mentioning that there's Adra and then there's Daedra, right? Mm-hmm. So the Adra and the Daedra are all... Um, they're all kind of they they come from these two main gods, um, that supposedly started the world, and so there are the Adra themselves are considered to be good in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a number of different there's a number of different Adra and Daedra themselves. So the Adra would be people like um. So okay, let's just go over the whole beginning of this stuff, right? So the gods themselves were formed from one of two original kind of beings, and these are Anu or their Padme. Okay, Padme. And Anu, <laughs> yeah, Anu or so Anakin or Padme. <laughs> oh man! And so, um, so we can't get away from Star Wars. No, we no, can't. It's impossible. It's impossible. So, and these two beings <laughs> were supposedly formed from the Void or Sithis. Oh, come another, on. Another come on. That are in these games. <laughs> now, okay. So, the Adra, so in the Meriathic, in the Dawn era, when all the gods existed together, they were all happy and whatever. The and Adra were tricked by the god Lorcan into getting Lorcan. rid of some of their power to create Nern, to create the planet and all the, everything. Right? 
right. to create physical reality as we understand it. A number of them then were disgusted by Lorcan. Um, he died, and they left. The the Adriel left back to Aetherius, which is um, that you know kind of like heaven, I suppose. And so this caused this caused um, a number of the gods left over to die, and they cr- they became what are known as the Earth Bones or the laws of nature. So these are gods like Akatosh or time. Um, there's, um, a god of, of nature herself. There's a god of, um, all kinds of different things, right? hmm Now, other gods decided they weren't going to help Lorcan. They were going to make their own realms. These are known as the Daedric Princes. hmm The Daedric Princes, there's a number of them. There's Azura, Boethia, Clavicus Vile, Hermaeus Mora, Hercene, Jigalig, all kinds of them. The two that are important for your question are Hercene who is the prince of the hunt, sport, the great game, and the chase. And the second important one is Malag Ball, who is the prince of domination and spiritual enslavement. So Hercene is the god who blessed or cursed mankind with werewolfism. And so what hurt what you do when you become a werewolf is you actually either give yourself to Hercene or you're bit by a werewolf, and then you become part of Hercene's wild hunt. Mm. And so when you die, your spirit actually goes to Hercene's realm of oblivion to, to be hunted and hunt for all eternity. Interesting. Vampires, on the other hand, are the daughter... They're called the Daughters of Malag Ball. And basically, they are enslaved by Malag Ball to do horrendous things like eat flesh and suck blood and whatever. And um, they are, they're basically cursed to serve this Daedric Lord of domination and, um, and I guess, I don't know, torture, I suppose would be the best word for what Malagbal does. And so in the games there, and, and so in, in many ways in the Elder Scrolls universe, which is very interesting, sickness or, disease or things like that are actually considered to be gifts of gods. So there's a god Periite who's known as the Taskmaster or the Prince of Pestilence. <laughs> he is um his followers actually are are blessed with, you know, like leprosy and bubonic plague and whatever. And so um Periite would be the god of like disease. And so his followers are blessed with disease. Um Sheagorath is the <laughs> prince of madness. And so he blesses his followers with with insanity. Vermina is the prince of of nightmares. Um, she blesses her followers with insomnia and and um, you know obsessions and things. So there's all like all bad and good things, not bad and good things. Kind of I guess all of these gods have their own sort of you know um, realms that they they deal with. And in a lot of cases, the diseases or the issues or things that people deal with in the world of the Elder Scrolls universes come down to these gods blessing them or not. Interesting. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. yeah. Definitely departed drastically from, I guess, our quote-unquote real-world mythology behind them. Well, you know what? It. I mean, the thing that's interesting is... It It doesn't... I mean, that's... So the story of Malagbal and the vampires... They sparkle. 
Just, we we could have gone. How close were we to getting to fifty episodes and no Twilight mention has ever been made? We were so close. Uh, so close. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You, you know them. that all vampires sparkle, babe. It's true. They all. It, it went through my head. It went through my head. It went through my head. It was Ellie. me that let's had just, to say it. I'm sorry. Let's just agree. All vampires hunks. They're hunks. We'll just oh agree yes. With it. They're hunks. I, mean, I can't argue so, with that. <laughs> the uh, the original story of vampire vampirism in um like European tradition at least is that these people have been cursed by the devil. You know, they've been, they've either given themselves to the devil so that he'll give them eternal life and power and whatever, or they've been cursed and they're now a slave to the devil. It's very similar to the story of Malag Ball in that way, um, interestingly enough. So, yeah, there's a lot, there's just the, that's actually, it brings up another interesting point. The one common question people have a lot of times with the Elder Scrolls is, what what, like, human societies are the societies of these games supposed to represent? And there are some easy ones that you can kind of point to, I guess, where, like, the Imperials are very close to Mediterranean and Hellenistic culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the Red Guards are very similar to kind of, like, Moorish or um, Middle Eastern, like, culture. But it's not so clear with, like, the Elves, right? So the the, mm-hmm. the Dunmer would in some ways be very close to Indian culture, but they're also very close to... Um, they're also very close to almost like a, a, a Chinese nomadic culture, right? Um, the orcs are very similar to kind of like nomads, like uh, Mongolian culture and things like that. But um, but it's all a big mix of stuff. So you'll you'll find things like that Malag Ball thing where it seems kind of close, but then you'll also find things from cultures that you you didn't know anything about. You know what I mean? Which is really really interesting and cool. I, this, this is me ballparking, and apparently my biblical scholarship award or whatever <laughs> I'm going for right now, since I had a mention in Star Wars, now I have a mention in this. Doesn't Lilith have something to do with vampirism, too? In some... I think I think Lilith is considered to be, like, the first witch or the first vampire. Or the first in a sense, yeah, person to make a, sense... a deal with the devil or something. Exactly, yeah. yeah so yeah. she's usually considered to be the first witch, I believe. Um, but it's the same idea, though. A witch would be, you know, any in any case, this is someone who's given themselves, given their free will away to the devil in, in you know, some for something, for some deal, for some dark deal, you know. And so it's that same sense. But you also have a god like Clavicus Vile is the prince of. Um, he makes bad deals with humans to get a rise out of them. <laughs> Right, so he's kind of like the used car salesman of the <laughs> of the Elder Scrolls universe, I guess. But like, a, a lot of his things are very similar again to stories of like, you know, you make a Faustian deal with a devil, and you know, oh, the devil says you can play. You know, oh, I, I wish I could play guitar, you know, perfectly. The devil grants your wish, but then he breaks both your hands. You know what I mean? Um, I want to be rich, and you have close family members all die, and you inherit exactly. the money. Yeah, it's it's yeah. one of the, Exactly, you know what monkey's I mean? Monkey's paw, too. It's exactly, it's the same exact idea. So there's a lot of a lot of mixing in of these um, of these mythologies and ideas in this world. Hmm. Ellie, I feel like you need to indulge us of something, or yeah, I just I just wanted um, to see if anybody else remembered or thought it was fun to just um, use the feature for the 360 
for Skyrim when you could shout um, for the connect. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> do you remember Ooh, when you were like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did anybody do that or was that just me? I you, did not do that. You reminded <laughs> me that that existed and I'm like, did anyone do that? <laughs> okay, that maybe was it like, was just me. That Any- was one of the few reasons where I was like, maybe I'd get a connect. <laughs> you know, like maybe I'd get one. Yeah, that was um that was an interesting. You know what? You know what that originally came out of actually, which was really cool. Um, there was a, there was a, I don't. Maybe it was a contest. There was something where Bethesda, because a lot of these games, one of the big complaints about these games is as they get better graphically, mm-hmm. the size of the world shrinks, mm-hmm. and so like the map becomes smaller, and the amount of unique items and unique quests and things like that that they can put in shrink as well so like morrowind every it felt almost like every single cave every single dwemer ruin everything you went into had a unique story had a unique item inside of it it made exploring feel really worthwhile Mm -hmm. but in these newer games like skyrim they had they kind of started using a um they kind of started making you know everything is a cave you're always in the same kind of cave (laughs) And yeah. you find, like, a dwarven sword, and you're like, whatever, I have a billion of these at home. <laughs> and you just throw it on the pile, you know what I mean? Right. So it, it makes it feel kind of like a shallow world, I guess. But the... So what they ended up doing was a lot of cut, a lot of content they wanted to add to the game had been scrapped or cut. And so what they did was they gave, like... I think they gave their programmers, the people that worked on the game, like, a week or something to create things that they wanted to add into the next update. Okay. And so one of the things was that that uh, that thing for Connect where you could you know yell into it, you could do the shout and it would work. <laughs> and that one actually got incorporated. And then on top of that, um, the Hearthfire expansion, someone had created a, a, a like a house building kit almost that that got added in. And then people also created like my favorite one was someone created a fully working um, use of like a spear in the game. Where, like, that was, like, a totally new type of weapon that they got rid of from previous games. And so, yeah. So, anyways, that's where that came up. That's actually one thing that we should say, too, about these games. If you've never picked up one of these games, now you can do this on Xbox One as well and PS4. But one of the best things about these games was that you could actually build the game. All of these games come with what's known as the construction kit. And so what the construction kit is, is it's basically like a in-your-computer engine to build quests, to build houses, hmm. to change the world of the game. So I remember I played – I probably put like a 1,000 hours into Morrowind, and I still play wow. Morrowind to this day. And the reason why it still has such replayability is because I can literally like – oh, you know, I, you know that like the, the house-building mechanic in Fallout 4 – yeah. Mm-hmm. That has actually been a part of these games since Morrowind with the construction kit. So, like, I always had my own character houses. Huh. I always created my own weapons. I always created my own clothing. Like, you can mod these games yourself from home with a little bit of know-how. And it makes them so replayable. Interesting. You know? Yeah, that I mean, is. You, you can mod Morrowind right now to play and look like Skyrim almost. You know, I mean, it's so if you're into that kind of idea, I would say maybe pick up Oblivion's Morrowind is a bit dated at this point, (laughs) but 
But Oblivion is like a good kind of middle ground. You can still mod it. And it's it's just so much fun to be able to go in. And that means, too, that people are spending their time making making quests and games and things for you to play within these games that are 10, 20 years old. It's amazing. That is amazing. I just just also just want to point out to any listener who might not have played these games yet and are like, wow, that's a lot of stuff to take in. I think we point out this is all stuff that, as as I am the prime example of, I've played hundreds of hours of these games, and I knew the bare bones of everything that we discussed tonight. So it's yeah, it's yeah. not it's not nearly as it's not nearly as intimidating as I as we are making yeah. it sound. It, it is one of right those now. games that that I love it because you have to play the storyline to a certain point, and once you get to a certain point. You can do whatever the heck you want. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can seriously just go wander around the world and just go find other quests. Yeah, I like to things. just walk around and just complete my map. Yeah. Yes. My So my wife makes fun of me because she, she says that whenever I play these games, all I do is pick flowers. And <laughs> <laughs> like I pick flowers and I go spelunking. That's all I really want in a, in a Elder Scrolls game is... Cool alchemy effects and abilities and really good exploration. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't even care about, like, the main story except for a couple hours in. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being on this this episode of Zing This and also being our our first episode of our – can I just get it again? Because I'm I'm, going to need to listen to this several times to make sure I'm pronouncing it correctly. The Zeng This Legendarium. There we go. So Phenomenal. So so this is the first one of that. Like I said, we are going to bring more of these out. um, Probably for the beginning of it, focusing on games. But that doesn't mean we can't branch out. Exactly. But um, if you just want to tell everyone where they can find you on the internet, if you do not mind, sir. Again, my name is Chris Cogswell. My show is called The Mad Scientist Podcast. You can find me on Audio Boom on all of your normal podcast apps. You can find me through the darkmyths.org website. And you can find me on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, it's all The Mad Scientist Podcast. And, you know, feel free to reach out. Ask me science questions. Um, ask me for a sticker. I got loads of those. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> I got one on my mic stand. It's phenomenal. What a good time. Thank you guys so much. Actually, Ellie, I don't think I sent enough for you to get one as well, which is unfortunate. (laughs) I need to send you guys more stickers. I got new stickers too. Yes, I love stickers. Go for it. I I think that those stickers, I don't even think I had fully opened the the letter before I had stuck them on stuff. Yeah, we man, love I mean, stickers. We try, we try hard too to like send everyone a doodle. I, I like as the well, doodle. like a cool drawings and stuff. Yeah, which is fun. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. And yeah, listen, that Harry Potter episode, you hit me up. Awesome. All right? <laughs> well, we're gonna go to a quick break. When we get back, more zingness. Welcome back. You yes. got me and Ellie here, and oof, we got taken to school, I Heck think. yeah. That was awesome. I mean, I've, uh, just like Singer, I have played years and years of those games mm-hmm. and love them and thought I knew stuff, but boy, did I not <laughs> compared <laughs> to Chris. Exactly. And that, and thanks, thanks once again oh, for Chris yeah. being on. It was so much fun. If you want to check out more from him, 
check out the Mad Scientist podcast. Mm-hmm. It is a fun podcast to listen to. I, I thoroughly enjoy listening to it. It is it is a my, my, my weekly dose of mad science. Yes. And everything. But it was great to have him on, and I'm sure that he will make another appearance on Zygnus at some point. So keep an eye out for that. Or an ear. True. True. Well, well they got to have their eyes to be able to see on the... On, on, on the episode. Well, keep your eyes and ears out. Just keep all your senses out. <laughs> yeah. Even smell. Even uh, smell. <laughs> you can smell when they're coming out. Fresh off the, fresh off the, whatever, M- MP3 printer. <laughs> but um, we got some stuff real quick before we wrap up. Of course, just uh, point out, mm-hmm. don't forget to read... Blue. Spider-Man Blue. Which that will be out on the last day of the month. We will have that out, so definitely, definitely check that out. Um, check it out. Yeah. So we'll be discussing that, or if it's something you want to hear us discuss and then maybe pick it up, definitely do that. It's it's a great um, graphic novel, and I can't wait for us to have a chance to talk about good old our neighbor, our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Have an the, old shitty chat. Yes. Yes. But we got a review to read, and then okay. we got, I think that's that's kind of everything for this week, and then we're going to wrap things up. So, Ellie, if you would not mind. Yes, we got a new five-star review. Exciting. Um, it was by Raybans94, and they put a fun review for comics and superhero. I especially love the blend, so thank you so much. Yes, thank you very much for that. We, we greatly appreciate the feedback with on our itunes and everything so that is mm-hmm. is definitely great um if you are listening to this of course on monday definitely make sure to check out the solar eclipse with proper eye protection yes, or please. with proper means use your protection boys and girls yes so definitely check that out it's a it's a it's a very amazing event so <laughs> anyways let's get to how to how, how to find us before i i lose it like ellie apparently has <laughs> yes so um please uh whatever you listen to we're on a lot of them but um <laughs> Podbean. this is falling apart <laughs> sorry Podbean, uh zingness you can also find us on of course apple podcast mm-hmm if you want to find us on Facebook, just search Zingness as well. And give us a like on Twitter. You can tweet at us. We would greatly appreciate yep. that. At Zingness. And on Instagram, you can, of course, find us at, at Zingness Podcast. Yep. See some pictures. You can see us playing some games, hopefully soon again, on twitch.tv slash Zingness. If you want to contribute to the podcast, you can, of course, go to www.patreon.com slash zingness we have two different levels on there so check it out there's exclusive content for both and for as low as a dollar a month you can get some extra content it's nothing too drastic but it's some cool behind the scenes stuff yeah especially if you're a magic fan i i'm I'm getting i'm getting back into it apparently you are apparently i I, i've i've gone into it full force apparently (laughs) i i tried to Uh watch your watch your wallet (laughs) yeah Watch my mana. Yes. Oh, oh, yes. Yes, reference there to the, to the game. But finally, you can find us on YouTube if you just search Zingness, and maybe we'll be posting a game of us playing Magic against each other since someone now, since we both have Commander decks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, see? That's why I built it for you. Oh, I see. Yes, my plan is coming to fruition. <laughs> and finally, if you want to email us directly, you can, of course, go and... F- Email us at zingness at gmail.com. 
Our sound guy is A-A-Ron. And finally, DJ Golden Boy. 89. Play us out. Bye, guys.